comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. For two months now, I've been teaching or been teaching on the breakthrough power of loving the church. Somebody say the breakthrough power. Say the breakthrough power of loving the church. The church of God is a vital instrument that means a lot to God. Many people want to do well in life and they go for all the secrets that they can go for. But one of the principal secrets that advances a person's life and causes a person to advance and break through or succeed in life is the secret of loving the church. Somebody say the secret of loving the church. It doesn't look like it's a major secret, but it's a very important secret. The Bible said the secret things belong to God, but the things which are revealed are for us and our children. David was one man who broke through supernaturally. What we read is an account of a person who broke through. Okay, so David died in a ripe old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. His son Solomon ruled in his place. What was his secret? We find his secret in first. Chronicles chapter 29, verse 1 to 3. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 1 to 3. He says, Then King David, we can do the new good news version, please. Then King David announced to the whole assembly. Now he said, My son Solomon is the one whom God has chosen, but he's still young and lacks experience. The work to be done is tremendous because this is not a place for people, a palace for people, but a temple for the Lord. He says, verse 2. I have made every effort to prepare materials for the temple. Gold, silver, bronze, iron, timber, precious stones and gems. Stones for mosaics and quantities of marble. Verse 3. Over and above all that I have provided, I have given silver and gold for my personal property because of my love for God's temple. Somebody say, my love for God's temple. Say it, my love for God's temple. This was the secret that made David, David. He said, because I have an affection for the house of God, I've given over and above. Give, give. We examine what it means to love the church in a number of ways. But I remember the last one that has brought us this far is the fact that we started examining the fact that the, to love the church is to be financially committed to it. Say it, to love the church. Is to be financially committed to it. And it's simple. It's too simple. There are a lot of people. They come to church. The pastor can teach about everything. They only get uh, bombs. Or they get. Uh, their heart begins to beat at a faster rate. When they hear the pastor talk about money. But you can't talk about your heart being with God. Without your money being with God. In the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 21. He said where the tre your treasure is. That's where your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Did you see that? 
anything that your money gets into, your heart gets into it. And we started examining financial avenues for financial commitment to the church. What are the avenues by which we show or demonstrate our financial commitment to the church? We started by talking about tithing. Somebody say tithing. The principle of tithing is an old, 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 very aged principle that guarantees prosperity in all areas of life. But beyond prosperity, it brings other blessings as well. In the book of Genesis 24 verse 1, the Bible said, Abraham was old, we're stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed him in all things. God blessed him in all things. Somebody say in all things. Say in all things. Now, Abraham in his old age was blessed in all things. And one of the practices of Abraham was the fact that Abraham was a covenant practitioner and he was a titan. Last week, I walked you through how titan Christians become rich and non-titan Christians become poor. How many of you were blessed? Today, I want to teach on the biblical significance of the practice of titan. A lot of people find it difficult to tithe because they don't know the spiritual significance of it. When they hear about tithe, they think God is after their money. No. God is after something more important than your money. The tithe is a covenant part with God that allows God to take over the affairs of your life. In the book of Proverbs chapter 13 verse 15, it said, Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Good understanding. Somebody say good understanding. Giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is what? Hard. Good understanding. Everything you do without understanding, you can never get the most out of it. Everything you do. When you enter into marriage without understanding marriage, you won't get the best out of it. You enter into a business without a full understanding of what it is you are getting into, you won't get the most out of it. The Bible says good understanding brings favor, but the way of transgressors, in other words, the way of ignorance, the way of people who are not schooled is hard. That's why I want to walk you through the spiritual and the biblical significance of the practice of tithing. Praise God. I'll be sharing with you 10 significance, 10 spiritual significance of the principle of tithing. 10 spiritual significance. Number one, the principle of tithing consistently helps you to acknowledge God constantly as the source of your prosperity. You must understand that whether prosperity will last or endure in your hand is a function of the source of it. Whoever gave you money will determine whether you have much of it or less of it. The Bible talks about durable riches and righteousness. Somebody say durable riches. Say durable riches. Durable riches also means that there are riches that are not durable. The Bible said wealth gotten by vanity shall diminish, but he that gathered by labor shall increase. So that those who increase in wealth, others decrease. The principle of tithing constantly acknowledges God as your source. The reason why you tithe is because you want to let God know that he's the source of your prosperity. There are people who think that their job is their source. They think that it's because of their weight or their skill or their knowledge. That's why they are advancing by your lie. The Bible said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. That build it, except the Lord keep watch over the city. The watchmen wake, but in vain. In the book of James chapter 1 verse 17, he said, every good and perfect gift coming from above. Somebody say, every good and perfect gift coming from above. In the book of John 3 27, he said, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. Except it be given to him from above. In the book of Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 19, he said, 
Lest you say in thy heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me in this way. There are a lot of people who, to, who speak like that. They can abuse Christians, insult them, and do all kinds of... There are people who can boldly say all titles are foolish. Praise God. There are people who speak like that. And these are people who say in their heart that their might and their power had gotten them this wealth. But when you go to verse 18, he said, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Not just power to get wealth, but power to enjoy wealth. These two come from God. That, you see, as for wealth, you can get it sometimes. But the power to enjoy it comes from God. Not everybody with wealth enjoys it. Am I communicating somebody here? Yeah, on the outside, they may look like all is fine. But within, emotionally, last week I told you there are people who have their security guards sleeping more comfortably than they do. Yeah. They sleep comfortably. And in their room, there's no AC. But the guard, the owner of the house, sleeps and they are troubled. Lisa passes and he can't sleep again. But when God empowers you with wealth, he gives you the peace that comes with it. The Bible said, the blessing of the Lord make it rich and add there no sorrow with it. May sorrows not accompany the word God gives you. Amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. Give me a louder amen. amen. Abraham saw God as the architect of his prosperity. And the tithe is a way by which you acknowledge constantly that God is the source of your prosperity. I was saying in the first service, the people who go for Sakawa, they are not supposed to break their covenant with their source. Those who go for ritual money, you don't know what Sakawa means. Ritual money. The moment they give you the money, they tell you there are things you must do constantly in order to stay rich. They tell you. It's part of those conditions. I've not gone there before. Praise God. But at least I know those of you who have been there before to you know it. Praise God. Yeah. Because I, I, I will not speak and pretend as if everybody is. There, there was a gentleman who one day went somewhere there. And when he went and he realized that he couldn't meet the conditions, he came here. When he was about to die, he came here. He ran here one hot afternoon, panting like uh, he's about to die. I was here with Reverend Bright. So I, I never want to assume that all of us in church are only believing God. There are people who come to church and after church they go somewhere else. After church, they go somewhere else. But let me tell you, anybody who combines God with another thing, you will never know peace in your life. If you try to combine God, it's like putting fire and crazy together. You create confusion for yourself. You burn your whole house down. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 16, 16 verse 7, he said, their sorrow shall multiply. That go after another God. Do you see that? Psalm 16, verse 9 or so. Let me get that scripture for you. It's important to see it. So you don't combine. You are sitting in church. You have talisman too. It's very dangerous. You see, sometimes it never shows up until crisis happens. That day, I was shocked. When the guy came, we prayed for him. He became okay. Praise God. Yeah. But if you are sitting in church and you are combining God with something else, that's one of the things God hates. He said, I'm a jealous God. No woman is happy to have uh, her husband go after another person. 
And God says he's married to us. Maybe you have not gone yet. You are thinking, I'm just helping you. Because it's not part, it's not in point number two or point number three in my message. It's just a spiritual detour and it's helping somebody. If you are contemplating, stop it before they stop your destiny. Yeah, Psalm 16 verse 4. Psalm 16 verse 4. Psalm 16 verse 4. He says, troubles will multiply for those who chase after other gods. Troubles will multiply. Such people never know peace. Never have peace. Never have peace. If it is God, let it be God. If it is not God, let it be whatever else. But to combine God with something else, you trouble your destiny. May your destiny not be troubled. So, tithing is a covenant platform by which you constantly acknowledge God as your source. Every time you receive income, you receive money, and you bring 10% to God, you are saying, Lord, we are in partnership. I see you as my source and not my job. That's what you are simply saying. Number two. Number two. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The principle of tithing consistently demonstrates your gratitude to God. For all the benefits he showers on you daily. Every time you bring your touch, you are saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You see, the thankful will always enjoy abundance. The thankful will always enjoy abundance. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 19, he said, out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them, and they shall not be small. I will glorify them and they shall not be few. The thankful will always enjoy abundance. People who are grateful. Every time you help somebody and the person comes back to demonstrate to you that they are grateful, won't you help them again? Yeah. Every time. Every time. Nobody likes an ingrate. Nobody is excited about an ingrate. But people who are grateful always enjoy abundance with God. And every time you bring your tithe, you are demonstrating, Lord, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for the intelligence, the wisdom, and the skill you have given me. I'm grateful that in the midst of competitors, when I sell, people buy. I'm grateful that when people are genuine up and down, when I travel every now and then, I come back in safety. I'm grateful that when people take their cases to God and court and they fail, when I take my cases to court, I win. I'm grateful that of all the people I'm handling with, none of them have lost their lives. Am I communicating somebody? That's what you do with your time. Every time you bring, you present your time to God, you are saying, Lord, I am grateful. That's what you do. That's, that's what shows. So when you don't know how to do this, a lot of things will not work in your life. It's a spiritual principle. It's not just about your money. God is not in need. God has never been poor. He will never be poor. Am I communicating somebody here? No, you need to understand. God has never been poor and he can never be poor. But we will always need the help of God. And for us to qualify constantly for his help, we must, until you acknowledge what God did yesterday, you don't qualify for him to do anything in your life again. Constantly. And that's what you do. Gratitude. 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 The Bible says in Psalm 68 verse 19, he said, blessed be God, who daily loaded us with benefit. Daily. It's a daily affair. When you wake up in the morning and you have life, God has given you benefits. Praise God. Number three, the 
The principle of Titan helps you to walk in humility before God. A lot of, one of the major challenges rich people have is pride, arrogance. And the reason why they can be proud and arrogant is because they attribute their wealth to themselves, to their hard work. Somebody said, lazy people go to church. Yeah. At that time, they were celebrating him as a corporate success. Corporate uh, business success. Member of the 100 uh, Club of Ghana. I don't know where he is now. His company has collapsed into oblivion. Never joke with God. You see, everything you have, even if you don't consciously know, it is God who gave it to you. Everything you have. There are people who acknowledge God for it. There are others who refuse out of pride to acknowledge God for it. But it is God who gives us, all of us, everything good we have in our lives. Am I communicating here? Don't be arrogant. The moment money enters your hand, if you don't discipline yourself, you can easily be lifted. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, it said, Child them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded. High-minded, not trusting on certain riches. High-minded means lofty-headed, arrogant, proud. There are some people, when they enter into some amount of money, pastor cannot talk their matter. Pastor can't talk their matter. You can't counsel them. You can't tell them anything. When you get into a place in life where nobody can speak into your life, you are on your highway to destruction. The cheapest way to destroy yourself is to bring yourself to a place where nobody can speak into your life. It's the cheapest way to destroy yourself. Charge them. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 13 to 14, look at what the Bible says. It says, when thou hurts, somebody say, thou hurts. When thou hurts, or your businesses are multiplied. This was their heads. But in our days, we say, when your businesses are multiplied, when your monies are multiplied, you are doing business, transacting business in dollars, transacting business in euros, transacting business in pounds, all kinds. It says, when your business are multiplied, and your silver and your gold is multiplied, and everything you have is multiplied, be careful. Look at verse 14. He said, then thy heart be lifted up. You see, to know who is truly humble eh, and rich a person. You can't really tell a person's humility when he's poor. The humility of poor people is very suspicious. They humble themselves because if they don't humble themselves, they will eat. So they humble themselves. But when you can eat anything you want to eat, drive whatever you want to drive, and you can still humble yourself, then you are humble. Then you are truly 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 humble. If you want to know whether a woman is very humble, give her power. Give her money. Give her money. Hey, my wife, your brand wants your hair. Nyabotre. Nyabotre. Uhunshi. Uhunshi. Say, 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 you have a command. You have a money flow. You have a But let the table stand. Lose your job a little. Let your money go down a little. And let her now begin to supply. One, two, three. That's where you really know. Listen, let me tell you. Money is not evil, but money reveals what is in people. The moment money enters a person's hand, you will know. Oh, this brother is a holy brother, holy brother, holy brother. Who is a holy brother? 
You are petting with Kobe. Say you are holy. The day Kobe meets you with a girl in his room, you are sacked. So why will you attempt that thing? But rent a three-bedroom apartment. Put a condition there with 65-inch TV there. And let the lady come all by herself. Let her come where nobody is around to disturb you. And when she has come and you have chatted and everything, watch her go back without touching her. Then we know you are holy. That's when you know you are holy. That's when we know you are holy. That's when we know you are holy. Praise God. Listen. Humble people will always receive grace from God. When you are humble, you will always receive grace from God. For the arrogant, God is your enemy. Now listen, if Satan is your enemy, God can deal with Satan cheaply. But when God becomes your enemy, I wonder where you go for help. That's why you need to humble yourself. Tap your neighbor and say, humble yourself. This small money you have, you talk to people as if they are monkeys. See some bosses, hear them address their subjects and as if they are no human beings. Just because you pay a person does not mean that you give the person life. Am I communicating here? Yeah, you, you pay a person 1,000, 2,000 Ghana does not mean that you give the person life. Humble yourself. Talk to people with respect and dignity. Listen, every human being deserves respect before their position comes. Learn to respect people. <laughs> Number four, the principle of Titan consistently helps you never to forget God when you prosper. This is also another dangerous thing. When you prosper, you can easily forget. There are people who prosper and they forget their classmates. I'm telling you, when they meet you, we are trying to come to them. When they look at their level and look at your level, uh, now who, who need me? I'm saying, uh, we are sure say who need me. <laughs> they can easily pretend. Listen, as for forgetting human being, you may get away with it, but forgetting God is risky. When you forget God, you cease to exist. You cease. He will make sure that nothing you do ever advances. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11 to 18. He says, New Living Translation, that is the time to be careful. What is the time? Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands. Regulations, decrees that I'm giving you today. Verse 12, he says, For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, Receive grace to build fine homes. Yes. I said receive grace to build fine homes. Yes. The time is coming where when we gather to church as a people, everybody will come from his own house. Yes. Yeah. And the others who do not have not gotten their house yet, they will be coming from your house that you have rented to them. Yes. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Yes. Don't sit in this church and be dreaming two bedrooms self-contained. I forbid that one for you. Because you have lived in single room all your life. He said, we're seven. They raised all of us from one single room. It's okay for you to have been raised like that, but you must not die like that. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. When you have lived with seven boys in one single room, you can easily think that three bedroom is okay. By the time, three bedroom is okay. But I see you build houses for others to inhabit. 
Because that's what the Bible is saying. Unless God is lying. He said the time is coming when you have become full and prosperous and you have built houses. Homes. Fine homes. Build fine homes. I said build fine homes. Somebody say house is house. It's not true. It's not true. House is not house. Can somebody give me an amen here? You see, you see, if you don't appreciate what is nice, you will settle for mediocrity. You should be able to tell fine things from bad things. The fact that I don't have a land does not mean that I should celebrate any house. Praise God. Listen. No. A time is coming I'm going to be something superior. Can somebody give me an amen? Praise God. I remember somebody took me to his land. He wanted to bid. And I asked him, where is the plan? He said, I've done something for them. I said, you have done something for who? Are you a draftsman or you are an architect? Poor you. You will be rich in Jesus' name. Draftsmen. Because they don't want to pay 2,000, 7,000 Ghana. Ah, Listen. Sebi, 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 mweni mie kakra. Listen, so almost every now and then, when people come to things that relate to Kumasi, they, they see us as second class citizens. But in this church, you'll be a first class citizen. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Because when we are going to build, architect will give you one, the same plan, 10,000 Ghana. Draftsman will tell you 2,000. Ah, 2,000. Uh, praise God. Don't be cheap, cheap things minded. Even when you are poor, when you are looking for something, look for something that is of good quality. The, one of the reasons why poor people get, keep on getting poorer is because of that cheap mentality. They buy one thing and after two days, they are buying another. They buy it after two months, they are buying another. Rich people, they will take their time get the best and in 10 years they are driving it they are putting the money in other things that is the difference between poor and rich people i believe that poor things are very expensive to buy very expensive when you come to church and we are buying a chair we say we are buying this chair one is uh, 200 ghana city ah ah Sorry, can cry here, but now Konya 200. Anglo Gadjons, you met my Yamai. Chai Usufia no Akwebi Anglo Gadjons. Am I communicating here? You see, one of the reasons why we consciously go for quality in this church, we are giving you appetite for good things and nice things. I expect that when you grow, not when you grow. Where your money begins to manifest because you are, are <laughs> where your money begins to manifest, you are building your house. I expect that there will be AC in there. So when you come to church, there must be AC. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Africa, everywhere must be AC. I, I believe that everywhere must be AC. Everywhere must be AC. I see you living in AC house. But you see, when you see somebody who has air conditioning, you see how you think. 
you see how you think? And until that mentality changes, you'll be poor. I'm telling you, until that mentality changes. When you see somebody drive a NASCAR, hey, Charlie. It's a mindset. You know, poverty is not a pocket thing, it's a mind thing. It's a mind thing. Until your mind changes, your life will be going in a very poor direction. I see you build the fine homes. But the reason why we are talking about tithing is this. That when you become full and prosperous, you have built fine homes to live in. Verse number 13. He says, when your flocks and heads have become very large and your silver and your gold have multiplied, along with everything else, be careful. What are you, should you be careful? Do not become proud at the time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. You see, when God brings you increase, be careful. One, don't forget God. Number two, don't forget people who helped you along the way. Uh, there, there are certain people you must not forget in life. You must not forget in life. Now that you are, you are very low now, I'm prophesying increase upon you. When you prosper, remember this pastor. Remember this pastor. Remember this pastor. Or you think I'll say remember somebody else. I'm also part of your making. Can somebody give me an amen? You have to. You have to. But more importantly, don't forget God and don't forget people. Don't forget. Don't forget people. Somebody said the people you meet when you're going up, they're the same people you meet when you're coming down. I believe that the most important gift God can give anybody apart from himself is people. 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 You are not rich until you are rich with people. I said you are not rich until, you may notice somewhere, you are not rich until you are rich with people. That is to say that when you have rich people around you, not rich as in money, but people who are mentally rich, smart. When you engage them, by the time you share your vision with them, your vision is coming alive. Praise God. When God surrounds you with such people, he has really blessed you. Number five. The principle of tithing consistently helps you to put your faith and confidence in God and not in your riches. You see, when you are poor, it's easy to put your faith in God. That's why Africans believe God a lot. Because Africa is largely poor. And that's why we pray a lot. And it's not bad we pray. It's good we pray. I was saying it in the first service. You have to pray. In Africa, you have to pray for about everything and everything. Pray for everything. Pray. Pray. Pray all the time. In everything by prayer and supplication. I think that scripture is for Africans. By prayer and supplication. Praise God. A brother was telling me about how you can live in Germany and you are there and uh, you won't work and you'll be paid. They will give you money. As for hunger, you won't taste it before. But the Bible says that give us this day our daily bread. In Africa, we pray that prayer every day. Give us today our daily bread. Because it's very, very hard here. But when you become very rich, you can easily put your faith in your riches. As a child of God, if something is wrong with your system, do you know the first thing you are supposed to do? The first thing you are supposed to do is to pray about it. But do you know that when you are very wealthy 
and you have a physician, a specialist, who is at your beck and call. When you feel, when you hear the cry, the first thing that comes to your mind, you pick your phone and call your specialist. Dr. Ray, that's the first thing. Instead of putting your faith, now you can go to him, he will do all the checks, put uh, this thing on your heart, put it everywhere, check it. When he finishes, he says, Mommy, we said the hundi akoso. But where you dem say kofi? The moment you go home, once the doctor tells you that I don't know, immediately, radiate my bow. Don't let me go. And you see, instead of seeking God first, now you are seeking God last. You know why? It's because of money. Before, before, when you were poor, you didn't even have health insurance, so you didn't think of hospital. Radiate me But now you are so rich. You can go to any hospital. You can go to you can you can go to any. You don't even think about God. That's how prosperity can easily let you put your confidence in money. So the Bible was speaking here. First Timothy chapter six verse seventeen. I'm telling you that there are some people. If they had sought God first, at the time some sickness attacked them, they would have been healed a long time ago. But they move from place to place. Doctor, be able to be answering your backcountry. <laughs> Child them that are rich in this way, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in certain riches. Certain riches. In the book of Psalm 62, verse 10, look at what the Bible says. Psalm 62, verse 10. Trust, give me the New Living Translation. It says, don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. When you tithe, you make God the center of your life, not your wealth. The reason why some people can't tithe, because they can't imagine taking something out of it. The money is the center of their lives. When anything small touches their money, you see their BP, it goes up. Goes up. Because the money... The moment they hear that, hey, the dollar has changed, oh, and they know there are things on the, ah, they will get high blood pressure now. <laughs> it's not because of anything, no. The money is the center of your life. The Bible says, when, and you see, the, that's why when you have money and you have not placed God at the center of your life, you will pursue money till you die. Rich people live a life. They don't enjoy it. In fact, the money they are making, the people around them are enjoying it more than they are enjoying it. For a lot of rich people, they are not able to enjoy the money. They are always thinking about how to protect it and get more. How to protect it and get more to the extent that they are not able to enjoy it. Why? The money is the center of their lives. They don't have the money. The money has them. So the money tells them what to do. Am I communicating somebody here? Make God the center of your life. The center cannot hold. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. If God is not at the center of your life, nothing else can hold. Number six, the principle of tithing consistently demonstrate your obedience to God. It's about obedience. It's not about your money. Somebody says it's about obedience. The principle of tithing is about what? Obedience, not your money. God is not in need. He wants to know. I mean, do you think it's 10% that God needs? If God really needed money, he will ask for 10%. He actually owns all of it. The Bible said the earth is a loss and the fullness thereof. Now, if the earth is a loss and the fullness thereof, can you imagine you saying that you have any share in it? 
the oil fields of uh, Iran. Everywhere belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. And he says, bring me 10%. Ah, he doesn't know money. He's just testing your obedience. Just about your obedience. That's what it is. And when your obedience is proven, in the book of Job chapter 36 verse 11, he said, if you obey and we serve him, they will spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasure. Isaiah 1.19, he says, if we will be willing and obedient, we shall eat the good of our land. Am I communicating somebody here? Number seven, the principle of Titan consistently proves that you have overcome greed. Somebody say greed. The principle of Titan is proof that you have overcome greed. Greed. Greedy people are never satisfied. They always want more and more and more and more and more. In the book of Proverbs 15, 27, he said, He that is greedy of gain troubles his own soul. He that, he that is greedy of gain troubles his own house. You trouble, you bring trouble to yourself. You trouble yourself unnecessarily. You won't trouble yourself. I said you won't trouble yourself. Gehazi troubled his whole family by greed. His whole family came under the curse of leprosy because of greed. You shall not trouble your family. Number eight, principle of Titan consistently helps you to cultivate the habit of or discipline of not spending every money you receive. This is also one of the things that distinguishes rich people from poor people. For the rich person, no matter how small the money is, he's always looking for an avenue to put some money aside. The poor man thinks that the money is too small. He can't save anything. The principle of constantly giving God 10% helps you to learn that every money that enters my hand must not be spent. When you do it faithfully over time, that habit becomes part and parcel of you. Look at Proverbs chapter 21, 21 verse 20. He said, there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but the foolish man spended it up. Spends the same place, but the foolish man spends and spends and spends and spends. How did the prodigal son became poor? The Bible said, when he spent all that he had, he began to be in want. The moment you live a life where you spend everything that comes into your hands, you don't have a future. Don't say my money is small. Find a way to put something down. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Yeah. Because you see, there's a scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes, it's a very powerful scripture. He said, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. When goods increase, do you understand what that scripture means? When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. This is what it means. If they give you 5,000 Ghana CD now, it looks like it's small. Next year, let them increase it to 10,000. Immediately, your knees will grow up to meet the 10,000. There are a lot of people who said, ah, maybe I'm trying to say, 2,000 people are too many, I'm going to aside. I'm going to go aside. The moment the 2,000 is added, you will be spending it and you wonder, ah, it's the same thing. If you don't discipline yourself to save, when you have small, when you have much, you can't still save. Praise God. The Bible says when goods increase, they are always increased. The moment your salary increases, then you begin to see that. The moment you see, you begin to, ah, I must drive a car at my level. I must wear shoe at my level. Um, by the time you get all of your level, uh, you realize that the, <laughs> the new amount is not even fit. Because with your new salary level comes your new level clothes, your new level car, your new level. Everything will eat it up. 
when goose increase, they, are, they increase that eats them. So the principle of Titan setting the 10% aside consistently gives you this habit. Number nine, the principle of Titan demonstrates your faith in God's ability to meet your needs. You see, sometimes people say Africans are magicians. We are not magicians. It is God who supernaturally meets our needs. When you look at how much you spend a month, and you look at how much you receive a month, you can see that God is at work doing supernatural things in your finances. Am I communicating here? I'm not talking about people who use some nyamanyama uh, means to steal money and add it up. No. I'm talking about your money. God meets our needs. I said God meets what? Our needs. And our needs, this is where most people miss it. Our needs are not limited to money. Our needs are not limited to money. Money is a small microcosm of our many needs. When money is, that's why when you have money, but the other important needs are not in place, you will still not have a meaningful life. When you have money and all the other things are not in place, you will not have a meaningful life. But sometimes people who don't even have much money, but with the other important factors in place, they seem to live a more pleasant life than the others who have money. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. The Bible says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. In closing, the principle of Titan demonstrates your love, care, and concern for the church. Praise God. And the work it does. Look at what the Bible says. First Chronicles, Nehemiah chapter 10, 13 verse 10 to 14. I'll close with that. Nehemiah chapter 13 verse 10 to 14. New King James Version. Nehemiah, please. He says, Then I realized that the portions for the Levites had not been given them. Now, if you're a student of the word, you will appreciate that the Levites were people God set aside. They were not supposed to do anything, but they were supposed to man the temple and instruct the rest of Israel. Twelve tribes. God actually, in fact, you see, the reason why the Levites were actually chosen was because God said that all the firstborn male children were his. Praise God. He wanted all, so out, out of the 12 tribes, every firstborn male child was supposed to be dedicated, devoted to God. So that's how God wanted it. And then along the line, he said, rather than take the firstborn from every family, I'm going to take one tribe, which will be solely dedicated to me. And their business will be to take care of the temple. Now look at it. So all the others had to do their own things and make sure that they brought 10% of everything they got to the priests who were manning the temple. And during Nehemiah's time, the people didn't do that. Said, I realized that the portion of the Levites had not been given them. For each of the Levites and the singers who did their work had gone back to his field. So instead of them staying in the temple and manning the business of the temple, they also started looking for something to do. Now, so I contended with the rulers and said, why is the house of God forsaken? How did they forsake the house of God? That's what I want you to know. I gathered them together and set them in their place. Verse 12. Then all Judah brought the tithe of the grain, the new wine, and the oil to the storehouse. Verse number 13. And I appointed the treasure, appointed as treasures over the storehouse. Go to verse 14. I'll close with that. 
Remember, oh my God, concerning this and do not wipe out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for its services. That's what Nehemiah said. He said they had abandoned the house of God and then he made sure that everybody, all the tribes began to restore their commitment to the house of God. And he said, wipe not away my good deeds which I have done towards the house of God. You see, there are things we do that registers with God. They do what? They register with God. Our commitment to the house of God always registers with God. That was why when they gave King Hezekiah a death sentence by the, one of the surest and sound prophets by the name of Isaiah, when he went to God, he told him, remember all the things I have done. He told him, all the things I have done, remember. And God looked at the records and said, Hezekiah, anybody can die. But you, I need you alive. Because the things you are doing, I want you to continue doing them. I see God preserving your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to receive grace this morning. Grace to remain faithful. Grace to remain faithful in your commitment towards God and the house of God. Open your mouth. Grace to remain faithful. Grace to remain faithful. Is somebody praying? Grace to remain faithful and steadfast in your commitment towards the house of God. Grace. 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 Open your mouth and speak to God. Receive grace to be faithful. Receive grace to be faithful. Holy are you God. Oh, he reigns. Calling God. Worthy is your name, Holy Spirit. Worthy is your name. Is your name. We worship, we worship, we worship your majesty. Holy are you, God. Holy are you, Lord. Are you,
bless you for today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for grace to put your word to work in every area of our lives. In Jesus' much less name in the sins of God, shouted an amen. Fakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fuakwa, please call 540 or 204 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumasi, Ghana. God richly bless you. Hey!